Okay, exactly eight o'clock. Eh? A very good evening to all brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. So today is the 21st, November 2023. Yeah? It's a Tuesday mass. So as usual, we shall gather and have our physical puja. <laughs> Let us compose our minds, yeah? develop the faith, sadha, virya, then mindfully we shall commence the puja chanting. Uh, you can hang it anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my tray will be nice. <laughs> okay. Namo Ben Namo Quan Sing Pusa Namo Quan Sing Pusa Namo Ami Toho Namo Ami Toho Namo Ami Toho Namo Miloho Namo Miloho Namo Miloho Namo Pusia Pusa Namo Pusia Pusa Namo Pusia Pusa Namo Tisama Pusa Namo Tisama Pusa Namo Tisama Pusa Namo for Pusa Namo for Pusa Namo for Pusa Arahan Sama Sam Buddha Bagawan Bhutan Bagawan Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo Dhamman Dhammasami Supatipano Bhagavato Sāvaka-sāngo Sāngha-dhammasami Namo Asa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Asa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Asa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Bhutang saranang gachami, Dhammang saranang gachami, Sanghang saranang gachami, Dutiyampi bhutang saranang gachami, Dutiyampi dhammang saranang gachami, Dutiyampi sanghang saranang gachami, Tatiyampi Bhutang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami 
significance of offering of fruits. May this offering of fruits remind us of the Dana Parami of generosity and the fruits of our karma, so that we will diligently strive on with faithfulness to attain the path and fruition as soon as possible. Significance of offering of flowers. May this constant offering of flowers to the Blessed One Strengthen our faith and constantly remind us of the impermanence of this body, so that we will diligently and sincerely strive on to cultivate Siva, Samadhi, and Panya, leading to ultimate liberation, the bond free Nibbana, making of overall aspiration. By the power of these merits, born of these offerings, May our spiritual faculties of Sada, Virya, Sati, Samadhi, and Panya be further strengthened until they become balas of ours, sharing and transfer marriage to all beings. May this marriage be shared and transferred to all beings without exception, especially to those who have the condition and affinity to receive them. Sadhu, Sadhu. Sadhu. Okay, let's pay respect to Pajam. Pajam Pajam. Damang Pajam. Sanghang Pajam. Okay, you all can be seated. Uh, just relax body and mind, maintain some form of attention. Then, as usual, we are off the light so that we can have our half an hour awareness-based meditation. Awareness-based meditation is very useful and very important. It is to enable us to develop our inner awareness the stability of it, so that we can realize the true mind, the silent mind, or our meditative mind. And this will enable us to develop wisdom, meditative understanding of who we are, what we are, and how we function as a human being. So, the true understanding of awareness-based meditation is very important. When the inner awareness is being developed, we use it to observe silently our inner activity within the form and mind. And through this activity and observation, we come to realize a very profound truth, which is our we function as a human being. And what is this so-called living being or human being for our case? It's all about once you understand clearly who are we, what are we, then we will not be deluded by the appearance of this five aggregates of form and mind. We will come to know their universal characteristics very clear, then we will not be 
deceived by it. And through this understanding, we develop wisdom to liberate from it. Then we make use of it to understand life, to live life. Then to allow it to manifest the way it's supposed to manifest. So understanding who we are, what we are, and how we function as a human being is self-knowledge. And that is very important so that we can break free from that security or self-delusion that the Buddha has tried to, talk, to teach us all this world. And ability to break free from this can only happen when we develop the inner awareness to silently observe, to develop the ability to see things as they are, to have that silent mind, to insight into phenomena, to realize their characteristics of nature, anicca, dukkha, and anatta, nature. So remember the four support, huh? relax, first support. Relax into every mind state that arises. Then second support is maintain awareness or maintain your ability to be aware. It's just attentively aware. Whatever happens when the sixth sandal develops the movement, we only need to maintain awareness. Whatever contact that arises within our sense basis upon contact, whether it's an external sense object, the consciousness, or the sense basis, these three, when they come together, it will trigger a natural occurrence, like the physics experiment. Naturally, it will manifest. So upon contact, like the physics experiment, the light bulbs will light up. So the lighting up is what we call consciousness. We become conscious. So it's not a being that becomes conscious. It's a natural process of manifestation of that consciousness. So all the six sense bases, they can manifest their respective sense of consciousness like seeing consciousness, hearing consciousness, smell, taste, tactile, and thought process. So when we are able to develop the inner awareness with the stability to observe, then we start to understand what is going on and how we function through our senses, how the external sense data come in then together with the consciousness upon contact with the respective sense pieces, then what happens? See clearly. Aware. Finish. It can be the seeing consciousness, like the Buddha said. In the seeing, there's only that consciousness, the seeing consciousness, no one to see. Similarly for the other sense door. Hearing, smell, taste, tactile, and thought process. There is no one behind. 
there is no permanent unchanging entity that is responsible for that manifestation of those consciousness. They come and they go. They are all dependent, originating, condition arising, cause of phenomena. When you are aware, you can witness them, you can see them, you can allow it to manifest. Then through all this silent observation and manifestation, you develop the clear understanding that they are all impersonal processes. There is no other behind. Because everything is just dependent, originating, or condition arising, causal phenomena. They know you, they know me. So understand all this, observe and realize it and awaken to it. Then your ability to comprehend the teaching become different. Then when you continue to relax, maintain awareness, and stabilize that awareness nature within, there is the third support. You become different. Through that, you can see things as they are. You can realize the truth. You can awaken to the universal characteristic. So ability to insight into phenomena, everything that arises within the form and mind is wisdom. So this is what you need to know. Okay, now I will let you meditate on your own. I will set the alarm for 30 minutes. And after that, you can continue with your awareness-based training. The last support is trust. You only do the last support when you have developed the ability to stabilize the inner awareness. And after that, you stay at the heart area. Just let the awareness nature detect whatever that is going on within your heart area. Whether there is any vibration or the heartbeat, when you are able to detect it, stay there, be with it. Then allow it to relax into it, maintain awareness, and just let things be. When you do that, everything that the mundane mind has created, they will start to slow down, slow down, slow down. So do develop the ability to witness the slowing down of the thinking mind, the mundane mind. Whatever aggregate, the aggregate of feeling, aware, finish. The aggregate of perception, aware, finish. The aggregate of thought, emotion, Whatever reaction of mind, aware, finish. The aggregate of consciousness, arise, pass away, aware, finish. So don't allow it to continue to create more thought process, more thinking, more sankara sanya. Just aware, finish. The moment you are aware, no need to know anything, no need to do anything, just aware. And let that nature inside there stabilize. This is how you will progress very fast. 
So just develop it. Okay. So now I will set the alarm and you can continue with the awareness based meditation, the training of it to be aware. You all can move slowly, mindfully, come out of meditation. Try to maintain whatever inner calmness, inner mindfulness, and inner awareness that you have developed for as long as you can. Stabilize this mind state so that throughout the day, while you are awake, these are the mind state that stay with you. So ability to be aware, to be attentive, is the meditative mind. And these are spiritual faculties, sati, mindfulness, awareness. This is a spiritual faculty. And it's the most important spiritual faculty. So because it's just aware without thought, the mind is tranquil still. And this is what the true mind is all about. From there, the movement of thought, they arise very fast. But most cultivators of the way, because they don't do awareness-based meditation, they don't have this ability to be in the state of awareness, to see how the mundane mind manifests from the awareness nature. It's from there all things arise. All activity of mind, we call it the mundane mind, the mundane thinking, the mundane arising, even your verbalization, your mental chattering, your thinking, thought process, everything. They manifest from that nature. Okay, now we will continue with our invocation to the devas. So turn to page six of the chanting book. We will chant the invocation to the devas. Invocation to the devas. In this universe, in their entirety, let the deities or devas come here. Let them hear the good teachings of the king of sages, which gives heaven and release, Nibbana. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. Samantha Chiokawale Su Atrahagachan to Devata Saddamang Muni Rajasa Sunantu Sakamokadang Dhammasvanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Dhammasvanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Dhammasvanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa 
namo atasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa namo atasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Itipeso bhagava arahang samasambuto Ijacharana sampano sukhato lokavido Anotaro purisadamasarati Satta deva manusanang Buddha Bhagavati Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo Sandetiko Akaliko Ehipasiko Opanayiko Pajyatang Veditago Vinohiti Supatipano Bhagavato Savakasango Ujupatipano Bhagavato Savakasango Nayapatipano Bhagavato Savakasango Samichipatipano Bhagavato Sāvaka-sāṅgo Yadidāṁ chattari purisa-yukāni Atta purisa-pugala Esa bhakavato sāvaka-sāṅgo Āhuneyo pāhuneyo dakkeneyo Anjali karaniyo anutarang punyang ketang dokasati Sadu, sadu, sadu Okay, you all can be seated and we shall continue from where we stopped via a page or 90 of this book, The Wonderful Dhamma Lotus Flower Sutta, Miao Palin Ho Jin. We are using the commentaries of Xuanhua. We are at volume 3, chapter 2, Expedient Devices, page 490. Okay, we shall continue with the sutta. Now I, too, am like them. So this is referring to Sakyamuni Buddha. It's like all the previous Samasa Buddha using various Dhamma doors. Sakyamuni proclaimed the Buddha way to bring peace and comfort to living beings. Then Sakyamuni said, I use the power of my wisdom to know the nature of being's desire. So this one is a very important quality yeah, 
all Samasambuddha, they have this, the power of wisdom. After they have developed the perfection of it, they will have the ability to know the nature of living beings' desire. Then we continue. Say, I speak all Dhammas expediently, which is very true. This so-called expedient devices or skillful means are very important to lead them all to happiness. Then Sakyamuni told Sariputta, is it Sariputta you should know <clears throat> as I regard them with my Buddha eye. I see living beings in the sixth path is the 31 plane of existence. In Mahayana, they call it the sixth path, Liu Tao Lun Hui, the sixth path of birth and death. Yeah. So, what they do is they define the first five path similar to the 31 plane existence. We have the human right as one of the path, then we have the four woeful states. So the first of the four four state is the demon right. Then we have the what we call the hungry ghost right, followed by the uh, animal right. Then after that we also have the hell right. So these are the five so-called uh, rhymes of birth and death. Then there is one more. Which they call it the Tian Fa or the Heavenly Rhyme. So that one will cover the rest of the Deva Rhymes, Brahma Rhyme, and the Formless Rhyme. So we have the six Deva Rhymes plus the 16 Deva Rhymes. So total 20. Then we have the four Formless Rhymes. So 24. So all this, they form one rhyme, plus the five below, they have the six path of birth and death. So he said, I see living beings in the six path. Impoverished, and these are very powerful understanding. Impoverished means they, they are really full of what they call uh, suffering or lack nourishment. Means like lack of a lot of things, eh? poverty. Lacking blessings and wisdom, which are cultivations, blessings and wisdom. Entering the dangerous path of birth and death. See, the way they describe it is very good where they suffer unremittingly. This one is especially true for hell beings. Yeah. Even the human beings, the living beings, yeah. most of them suffer. They are deeply attached to the five desire, means the senses. Like a yet caring for their Tails, uh, is still. They smolder 
themselves with greed and love, blind and in darkness, seeing nothing, means totally ignorant, deluded. They do not seek the mighty Buddha or the Dhamma, which cuts off all suffering, but instead they deeply enter into deviant ways or deviant views. With suffering, they wish to cast off suffering for the sake of these living beings. I give rise to the great compassionate heart. So that's how Sakyamuni Buddha expressed it. So the outline of this sutta is first there is Sakyamuni, then general review of dispensing the provisional teaching to reveal the true final teaching or actual teaching. Then revealing the actual dispensing with the provisional. Then the next one is an extensive reiteration of the six points. Then finally the fightability as reason for the provisional teaching. Okay, now we go to the commentaries. So the Sutta said, now I too am like them, means now at present I, Sakyamuni Buddha, Sakyamuni Buddha, am also tasked like the other Samasambuddha, means he is like the Buddha of the past, present and future, using various Dhammadars. He proclaimed the Buddha way to bring peace and comfort to living beings. Means he led all living beings to gain security and happiness. We are using all the various Dhammadars to proclaim the teaching. Then the Sutta continues. He said, I use the power of my wisdom. Means the Buddha's true real wisdom to know the nature of living beings' desire. So all living beings have their own particular natural desires. The things they are fond of means their craving, their attachment, their clinging, their grasping. All the things that they deludedly cling on to, hold on to, grasp on to, and believe they are real. They exist. The Sakyamuni continues. I understand them all very vividly or clearly. Then the Sutta continues. I speak all Dhammas expediently, means using various skillful means or expedient devices. Because I understand all living beings, I use expedient Dhamma to teach and transform living beings. Teaching them all the Dhammas. Dhammas means truth, teachings of the Buddha. To lead them all to happiness means Sakyamuni lead all living beings to be filled with true bliss of them. To receive the Dhammas moisture as the water moistened thing, I moisten living beings with the Dhamma to cause them to be filled with joy. Then the Sutta continues, Sariputta, you should know, 
as I regard them with the Buddha eye, with my Buddha eye, I see living beings of the six paths, the six paths, or 31 planes of birth and death, impoverished, lacking blessings and wisdom, means they are confused and deluded. They do not know how to wake up. This is because they have no wisdom and no blessed retribution. Why not? It is because they are too poor. That's why impoverished. This is the poverty that results from not understanding the Buddha Dhamma. They are truly pitiful, truly poor. If they have blessings and wisdom, they would not be poor. But because they have neither, that's why they are poor. What is true wealth? Understanding the Buddha Dhamma is true wealth. So this is a very important understanding. Not all the materialistic wealth. That one is not true wealth. That one cannot free you from suffering. That one cannot give you understanding. That one can still bring about suffering. Yeah. So all these are very clear pointer towards true wealth. True wealth means the real gem. The Buddha call it the triple gem. It's only within the triple gem, the Buddha Dharma and the Sangha, that you can find this teaching. That's why it's called the gem, the most precious among the precious stone. Okay, we go back to the sharing. So understanding what is true well is very important. Eh? Understanding the Buddha Dharma is true well. So what is poverty? Poverty means not understanding the Buddha's teaching. Poverty and wealth depend on whether or not you have the blessing and wisdom. If you have blessings and wisdom, you are wealthy. If you do not, you are poor. So we have gone through before. Right? All of your blessings are actually your virtues, your goodness, your kindness, your humility, your various type of virtue that give rise to all this wholesomeness, paramit. So you have blessings means you will have wisdom. We have blessings and wisdom, they go hand in hand. Because without virtue, there is no true wisdom. Unless one develops virtue, then wisdom will rise. And because of that, true blessing will rise. So when you have blessing and wisdom, you are wealthy, means spiritually, spiritual wealth. If you do not, you are poor. There's a ceremony continue. Xianhua continue to elaborate through his con commentaries. Xianhua asks, where do blessings and wisdom come from? They come through cultivation of the way, the Buddha Dharma. So this is a very important understanding. Only cultivators of the way can develop blessings and wisdom. 
Here do not cultivate the Dhamma. Following the Buddha's teaching, then there is no way you can develop blessing and wisdom. So cultivation means understanding the teaching and putting it into practice. So theoretical Dhamma is of not much use. So the first phase of Dhamma is always they call Pariyati, the development of the understanding of the teaching. Then when you put it into practice, it becomes Pati Pati. So this is the second phase of Dhamma. Then after you have developed the cultivation and the practice, then you develop the awakening, the realization. And then the third phase of Dhamma becomes different. So from Pariyati, the learning or the teaching, you develop the cultivation, which they call Pati Pati. Then after that, phase three is Pati Veda, the cultivator of the way that has awakened, got to live with understanding the third phase of Dhamma. The third phase of Dhamma is to have the causes and conditions to realize this truth or this teachings of the Buddha to enable them to develop the enlightenment in the here and the now to live the life of a noble ones or the Arya enlightened one. So these are the three phases of Dhamma. So the, out of the three phases, you will come to realize phase one and two both are important. But phase two, putting it into practice, the cultivation of it is the most important. The learning of the teaching is through the first and second turning. is listening, constantly listening to the Dhamma. So that constant listening to the discourse of the Buddha or the teachings as taught by the Buddha. That one will give rise to Sutamaya Panya, the first turning wisdom. Then after that, you continue with the second turning. You will develop the inquiry through constant contemplation and reflection on the discourse or the teaching as taught by the Buddha. When you do this, constantly, until it becomes very, very clear, which means you start to reflect and contemplate on what you have heard. Then you start to develop the stability of understanding to assimilate it into your nature. So this second turning can lead to a type of wisdom the Buddha called Chintamaya Panya, which is the second turning wisdom. Then after that, when you really develop the awareness-based meditation, you will develop the third turning wisdom called Bhavana Maya Panya. Means Panya or wisdom born of Bhavana. Bhavana is the meditative training, the meditative discipline. So Bhavana Maya Panya is very penetrative. This one is very potent. It gives rise to a wisdom that is very, very penetrative and awakening. And 
So this is how the Buddha Dhamma is to be developed. Huh? The three phases of Dhamma. Okay, we go back to the sharing. So, where do blessings and wisdom come from? They come through cultivation of the way. So the three phases of Dhamma I already explained. Huh? Therefore, the living beings of the sixth path is the sixth path leading to birth and death. They are poor because they have no blessing and no wisdom. Therefore, they enter the dangerous path of birth and death. Means they enter that risky, evil road of birth and death. The road of birth and death is extremely dangerous, it is said. You remember in the early days I used to share with you all. If you have to come, you better come with the understanding of the teaching, the Buddha Dhamma. Otherwise, you might as well don't come. Otherwise, you come to suffer and become miserable for one. But not everyone have a choice unless you take the Bodhisattva way. Then you have, can choose to come with the understanding. Otherwise, you have no choice. You have to come through karma. The karmic process will take you repeated birth and death. That's why repeated birth and death is continuous suffering, unending suffering, misery, affliction. So during the Dhamma ending ages, where Buddha Dhamma cannot be actually uh, heard of or even received, not to say received, you can't even hear of it. What is the probability of a living being having the understanding of this teaching? and able to liberate the mind and free and develop the wisdom to live life, to understand life, and to develop what we call uh, the wonderful aspect of existence. Unless you understand life, you cannot live life. And to understand life, you need to understand the Buddha's teaching, the Buddha Dhamma. That's why they are interrelated. So without the Dhamma understanding, ignorance will prevail. Sakaditi will dominant, uh, will, dom will be the dominant factor within the living beings, what they call existential life activity. And because of sakayadity, conditioned by ignorance, avijja. Living being continuously experience suffering, birth and death, continuous what they call evolution through birth and death. And this can be very long. That's why they call it Samsara, yeah. Samsara, the world of birth and death. Yeah. 
So this existential world of birth and death leads to eternal suffering. In a way, they say existence is eternal suffering when you don't have them. The only way to free from existence is to develop the understanding of this teaching, the Buddha Dhamma. That's why this teaching is very unique, very beautiful. And it is by far the most supreme of all teachings. Unless you have this understanding, it's not easy for one to develop the understanding of life, the understanding of who we are, what we are, and how we function as a living being. And how can we develop the totality of understanding of what existence is. So all this is what you need to develop as understanding. Okay, we go back. So according to Sien Hua, he said, the road of birth and death is extremely dangerous because it is said, having lost this human body in 10,000 eons, it is hard to get back another. So from this particular stanza, you will know how full of suffering and affliction birth and death can lead to. This sentence is very important because according to those who understand, once you have lost this human form, means to be born as a human being, Manusa, chances is you can be lost for 10,000 eons because it is as hard as that to get another human body, to have another attempt at liberation or enlightenment. Because the other powerful state, there is hardly any chance where you can cultivate the Buddha Dharma because those are the rhymes where you completely don't have the condition to actually develop the understanding. And most of it is karmic retribution, payback time, that's why karmic affliction, suffering, misery, especially the hell rhyme, uh, even the hungry ghost rhyme, the demon rhyme, uh, and also the animal rhymes. Most of these rhymes you can't really cultivate. There, there is hardly any causal inclination for cultivation to arise. Then, even in the human rhyme, the sasana window is so short relative to existence. Existence can be very long. Eons and eons and eons and eons. But the window for one sasana, even the arising of Sakyamuni Buddha, the sasana is only supposed to be 5,000 years initially. And 5,000 years compared to eons is nothing. That's why for us, cultivators of the way who are born during this era, during this sasana, yeah. We should actually count our great blessing. That's why I say 
for you to have this condition to be born as a human being during the Buddha Sasana to encounter the true Dhamma is not by chance. It's indeed a very, very rare occurrence. That's why I do not miss this window. I call it the golden window. The moment you miss it, it's going to be a long, long wait, a long, long haul. So again, this is another condition for you to develop what they call the affirmation, the determination to have this understanding cultivated and developed life after life. As I planting the seed of Ohi to expire, to go this way, the Bodhisattva way, leading to Samasambuddha, who is very important. And it is during this Sasana period that you have all of the great conditions for you to do it. Okay, then we continue with the commentaries. Then I'll say, we are people at present, but do not think it is easy to be a human being. Did I not tell you earlier that when Sakyamuni Buddha was in the world, he once picked up a handful of dirt and asked, Is there more dirt on earth or more dirt in my hand? The disciple all replied, There is more dirt on the earth than in the Buddha's hand. The Buddha then said, those who obtain a human birth are like the dirt in my hand. Those who lose a human body are like the dirt on the planet. So it is extremely dangerous to enter the risky road of birth and death. So this is the sutta way of reminding living beings not to be not to be deluded, not to take all this for granted. Because causes and conditions, they do appear, but very rare, very rare. Then the Sutta continues. This road to birth and death, where they suffer unremittingly, means unendingly, means their suffering continues from one line to the next. They may be a human being in their present life, but there is no guarantee that they will be one in, the, in their next life. Their suffering is continuous and uninterrupted, that's why unremitted. The cause of suffering, the result of suffering, the retribution of suffering is simply like never end. That's why coming retribution you must not underestimate if you are heedless for so long, aeons and aeons. The payback time can be equally long. Okay, you move it up. They are deeply attached to the five desires. So the meaning is explanation. Why is it that they are not able to end their suffering? It's because they are deeply enmeshed in the five desires. The desire of the form, the desire of the sound, means all of the beautiful vibration, smell, taste, and tactile object. 
also called the five dust. The five desires of the world means through our five basic senses, we develop the craving, the desire for beautiful form, beautiful music, beautiful vibrations, means those smells that are favorable, very nice, and food that are tasty, fragrant, nice. Then, nice tactile feeling. Yeah. So all this, when you grasp and cling to it, without the Dhamma understanding, without wisdom, then suffering will follow you because this universe, existential world of ours, is dependent, originating, condition arising, cause of phenomena. It exhibits the universal characteristics of impermanent change. Whatever state you are in, from pleasant, it will become unpleasant. So now later, then later on, it will change again. That's why, because of that, when you cannot get what you want, you suffer. That's why nothing can be clung onto. That is the advice of cultivator of the way. Even Ajahn Buddha Dasu, he actually pointed that out. He said, nothing should be clung onto. Whatever you grasp, cling, and hold onto will lead to suffering. Because according to the five daily contemplation, it's very clear, the four daily contemplation, separation is a reality. Because they are dependent, originating, condition arising entity, not a permanent unchanging entity. That's why it cannot be owned, cannot be grasped, cannot be cling onto. It's not real. It's not what you think. It's not a permanent unchanging entity that you can grasp onto, cling onto, hold onto, and say, This is me. This is I. Therefore, all this can be mine. There is no such thing. Then the other sense desire is from our brain, our thought process, our views, opinion, our desire, our craving, our fantasy, our idea, ideology, belief system. And all this can lead to suffering because of delusion. Okay, we'll read on that. Then like a yet, caring for its tail. The yet is a kind of ox that places great importance on its tail. That it thinks its tail is so important, it always watch out for it. As a result, since it thinks its tail is so important, people are always after it. Thus, out of its own great desire to protect its tail, it ends up losing it. Losing its very life. Then the Sutta continues. They smoldered themselves with grief and love. Smoldering themselves means they die like a yet. Then blind and in darkness, seeing nothing, meaning they are as if blind and in total ignorance of delusion. 
darkness. So of course, when they are so deluded, they cannot understand, they cannot see. They do not seek the mighty Buddha, means they do not seek the teaching. They have no wisdom and they do not seek a teacher who can teach them or who understand. Therefore, those without wisdom are as if blind. So what happens is the blind leading the blind. You end up where? You ask yourself. So when you seek, you make sure you seek the right teacher. If you have no teacher, you are in the dark. You cannot see anything at all. Not seeing the light means that you have no wisdom. The Buddha has great power and can rescue all living beings. Then the Sutta said, all the Dhamma which cuts off suffering. Means they do not seek instruction from the Buddha in the methods of cultivation or how to actually free and liberate their mind from suffering. But instead, they deeply enter into deviant views. Yet they do not seek wisdom. They are like blind men, wandering in deviant ways. Yeah. So this is the danger. Huh? People are very strange, Shen Hua said. If you teach them the proper Dhamma, <laughs> you can teach until you are blue. <laughs> but they will not understand you. On the other hand, if you teach them the deepest Dhamma, they will catch on it after just one lesson. Would you not say this is very strange? Actually, there is a lot of saying uh, in the dialect. Uh, uh, they say, then I think Yun Chan, Yun Chan Cantonese very good. Last time she always say that thing to me on uh, the Cantonese saying, uh, before you grow up, you learn all the foul language first. Yun uh, Chan, <laughs> oh, I say, uh, not you say. Uh, I thought your canon is very good. Uh, you, you, you told me the right uh, version. Uh, I pass the mic to you, Chan. To make by your sin, how In Cantonese, my pronunciation not so accurate. Yeah, la, you <laughs> use your sin, how are So that one. Yeah. I learned from you already. <laughs> you, you learned from yours. I learned the Cantonese from you. Uh, my Cantonese is lousy. I come from Alostar, Hokkien. That's why I don't know. But I saw the Hong Kong show. The Hong Kong show, they, they actually mentioned it. Your Cantonese is quite good already. After I came to KL. <laughs> Before that, Papa Second. So there is a lot of saying. They say, to learn the what they call uh, the deviant way. Uh, it's very easy. Huh? Uh, to learn to be good is very difficult. Huh? That's why Krishnamurti is very smart. He said, don't try to be good. 
Yeah, when you try to be good, you can never be good. Yeah, we have the thought that is trying is egoic. How can it be good? Yeah. So to go the heedless way is very easy. Do you agree? It's like no need to cultivate, no need to do anything. Understand? Huh? Go and uh, they call it. Your desire, your craving, huh? yeah. continue to fulfill that. This <laughs> living being very strange. Huh? They like to go after those things that they desire, <laughs> they crave for, they like. Yeah. It's just like when we are young. Because when we grow up, we are given a lot of what? Yeah. Toy. Maybe in the olden days, don't have huh? my time, hardly any toy. But second generation kids, wow, they really pamper their children, provide them with the best, all the toy, everything. Then when you come to education, you force them to study this, study that. Actually, they don't like. And most of the kids don't like. But because of peer pressure, because of the way the upbringing is, they want to actually develop the child in such a way so that they can be proud of their child. So it's more of the parents' craving or desire to want the child to be such and such and such. They believe by teaching them a lot of knowledge, they can become successful. Yeah. So that is the funny part of human being too. So the kids, sometimes they are being pressured or forced to learn a lot of things. Yeah? Like not only study, you have to attend ballet class, piano class. <laughs> then maybe do a lot of all those things that are very popularly accepted by society. So they call it the kiasu attitude. Yeah? So you don't want to lag behind. You want to develop all this so that you can be proud of your children's success and uh, uh, maybe how smart they are and how clever they are. But I don't use the word wisdom or how wise they are. They're all this lead to actually thought-based or knowledge-based type of learning. So when it comes to cultivating the Dhamma, also same, most people will complain, you know, you have met so many cultivators of the way. What is the first impression? They say not easy or the Dhamma. Oh. To learn, to understand it is really so difficult. To put it into practice is even more difficult. But do you think that is the norm or the correct understanding? Yeah? No. Ah, definitely no, isn't it? Why? Because all the people who are deluded, who are like uh, heedless, they don't have the determination. For those who have seen enough of life existence in the world, who have gone through a lot of life experiences or what we call suffering, they will like suddenly wake up and develop the what they call tenacity the strong tenacity 
to seek truth, to actually learn the Buddha Dharma, the teaching. And the problem with our society is there are so many types of teachings and religion. So which one is the true one? Which one is the one that can really help living beings to understand life, to liberate themselves from suffering and misery, to understand clearly what birth and death is? In fact, those type of teachings are very rare. Very, very rare. That's why to be a born a Buddhist is a blessing indeed. But a lot of people don't understand that. <laughs> After being a Buddhist, they find that Buddhism is nothing. Maybe they believe what people say, idol worshiper. Then they change religion. <laughs> then they believe they can be more happy. But if you really look at it, if that religion that they seek doesn't give them the true understanding, then it's like what? It's like having been given the gem, you threw it away and you go and seek suffering or something else that maybe uh, through your own lack of wisdom and understanding, uh, develop the keenness to believe in. Because that way is simple, understand, easy. No need to do anything. You can commit all the evil, then last minute, believe. All sins are forgiven. That they are promised after death, eternal. And because believer and non-believer, they only got two. So, if you are a believer, you are destined for eternal heaven. Is it so simple? You mean all believers automatic. You only need to believe. If like that, no need to cultivate in it. That's why those type of teachings or religion, I think, they, they tend to have the tendency to appeal more to most living beings. But the one that need to develop what they call the determination, the uh, all-out affirmation to cultivate sincerely that take time. That one is normally not preferred. But when it comes to real cultivation, I have this advice. Develop the understanding and then the cultivation becomes very easy. If you don't develop the understanding, you can debate and become miserable. And the cultivation can actually lead you to something else. Yeah. Because even the so-called Buddhists, not all Buddhists can understand the teachings. Yeah. And most of them actually end up developing thought-based cultivation that leads to actually deviation from the true teaching. The true teaching of the Buddha is about mindfulness, awareness, sati. Without sati, you are as if dead, because the Buddha make it very clear. Heedlessness is the path to the dead. 
the heedless eye sati. So sati is very important. Sati leading to stability. Then you combine it with cultivation of the Buddha Dhamma as taught by the Buddha. Then it becomes apamada, heedfulness. That's why heedfulness is defined by the Buddha under Dhammapada verse 23. The ever mindful, constantly meditating and steadfast one, they will realize the supreme born free Nibbana. So for those who hold on to those, these two practices, ever mindful, constantly meditating, means develop the ability to be mindful, to be aware, so that you can be ever mindful. Then use it to cultivate the noble evil path as taught by the Buddha. But that is the fourth noble truth. You cultivate this noble eightfold path, which is the meditation as taught by the Buddha. It will lead to the end of all suffering. So all these are very clear. That's why do not rush into the cultivation. Develop the understanding of it and stabilize the mindfulness leading to heedfulness. The moment you are heedful, you are home. Then why do you waste time on other things? All the various so-called method techniques, belief system, etc. Not to say they, that they don't uh, benefit people. They do benefit people. But that is not the real teaching. The real teaching, you have to develop the clear understanding. Because methods and techniques, I, I always explain, these are series of instructions to do things. It has nothing to do with the meditation as taught by the Buddha. Because whatever you do in the name of meditation as taught by the Buddha, if it does not lead you back to the cultivation of the Noble Eightfold Path, then that is not the teachings of the Buddha. And what is the Noble Eightfold Path? The Noble Eightfold Path is the embodiment of enlightenment, the quality of an enlightened being, they will have the embodiments of the noble evil path. Means the moment you have awakened, you will have right view, leading to right thought, right speech, right action, and right livelihood. Then the constant cultivation of the four effort is always there then you will have continuous mindfulness, stability of mindfulness. Then finally leading to samadhi. Samadhi is collectedness of mind, the unwavering mind. That's why with the noble evil path in place, you are incapable of evil. Then what is noble evil path? It's the cultivation. Sila, samadhi, and panya. All the power factors are there. The power factor of Panya is right view, the first power factor. Then the power factor of what they call Samadhi is Samasati and Samasamadhi. Yeah. Then the other one is all the what they call Sila aspect. Right thought, right speech, right action, and right 
living or right life there. There even the four right effort is still part of the sila yeah, or thought-based cultivation. So all this, when you look at the teaching, you will develop the clear understanding. Yeah. That's why it is very important. Yeah. Okay, we go back to the sutta. I think I had to end already. Okay. Uh, people are very strange. You teach them the proper Dhamma, you can teach them until you are blue in the face, but they will not understand it. On the other hand, if you teach them a deviant dhamma, they will catch up after just one lesson. Would you not say this is strange? If it is the proper dhamma, you can try to teach them once, twice, three times, and they find it so difficult to remember. If you teach them ethical or cow dhamma, uh, psychic one, uh, they remember them very fast. People believe the deviant Dhamma. They may believe the proper Dhamma for a moment, but they soon lose faith in it. After a while, as soon as your back is turned, they no longer believe. So they deeply entered into deviant views. Why is it so hard for people to learn the proper Dhamma and so easy for them to learn the deviant ways? Is because life after life they have been deeply enmeshed in deviant views. Uh, this is true. The deviant views are our old friend, as familiar as our own blood relative. So it is easy to learn them. We have forgotten the proper Dhamma. Although we study, it is hard for us to remember it. We've learned it once and then forget it. Learn it again and forget it again. Why do we forget it? It is because we have become separated from it by too great a distance. We have grown further and further away from it and soon forget it altogether. If you look at the four circle I teach you, you will understand it. From the first circle, our Buddha nature, the source, you come out. The first thing to come out is the pure awareness. Then after the pure awareness, what happened? The Monday might create the endless birth and death, isn't it? Then every birth and death you come, the phenomenal world of consciousness is there to delude you, to entice you and condition your suffering and misery. So what happened is you lost yourself, not knowing who are you, what are you. That's why you cannot return to the pure awareness nature which was originally you before the mundane mind manifests. So that is the main reason. Huh? Okay, go back. We have to end already. Huh? Maybe I mark that page. Okay, we mark that page. We are at page 495. Huh? Huh. Okay, so uh, I think we will have three minutes of toilet break. We come back 9.57 huh? to continue our second session. Okay. Okay, we will continue huh? uh, our second session. Huh? So, those online, we have Sister Aingbi, Manyuan, PG, and Po Cheng. Huh? Those who are here, physical class, quite a number. Huh? We have Alicia, uh, Han, uh, Elsie, uh, Jin Hao, Freddy, 
Yuncha, Chipotle, and my wife. So, anybody wants to come in, just either put out your hand or on your mic, then you can come in. You can either report your meditation or ask any question or develop whatever sharing you want regarding what we have discussed today. Good evening, Pratyu, Vizuzju, and Okamitas. She started her long, my sudo, she was a sea hoi. Ah, Sado, 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 Sadly,就接这个机会,可以大家讲,可以,可以。感恩,Bradetio,这十年以来,教我们的一些的活法。他就是给我的reflection,就是这个,跟妙法莲花经里面的开权显示是一样一样的。就是当下,Bradetio教
所以，嗯，这一切一切的的的所谓的最近所听 Bradio 的法，比我听 Bradio 的法，或者我听其他的呃呃所谓的师傅大德高僧的开始，都离不开这个空性，对，空性呃自信怎么样的从。那个自信的去呃理解这个所谓的空心啊、嗯、无常啊、苦啊,啊，就是来来去去、转来转去，我发觉到都是这几个 subject。对。所以我我特别的感恩的是，因为我在 Bradio 这里学到的所谓的那个、嗯、呃所谓的 two aspect，、嗯、所以能够给我知道，我一听他们的法，我就知道哦，原来来来去去我们所要学的。都逃不了这几样东西，对，就是 Bradio 每天呃讲，然后 coming back to 那个 Bavana 呃那个 Panya 就是、啊，当我们如果没有在我们的 meditation 里面看到那个 manifestation of 我们的就是 Bradio 讲的那个 four circle， 对，我们不能够很 penetrate 的 understand the whole thing， 对，因为处那个文字 bore， 虽然文字也是可以给你 bore， 但是没有 bore 就讲的呃所谓的 so penetrating，、嗯、所以我开始慢慢慢慢的进入呃这一切的 understanding， 也慢慢的知道。呃，理解到 Bradio 所谓的苦心，对，什么样的？为什么他一直要，呃、就说 Bradio 一直要给我们 understand to expect， 讲了又讲，讲了又讲 ，make sure 我们 understand， 但是真的这个是非常重要，它是一个呃，就是权益开权嘛，开权开始就是用权益来 experience devices 来让我们理解，啊、然后慢慢的。Lead 我们 to another aspect of the Dharma， 对，所以 Bradio， 尤其是你讲的那个在呃 Sutta Hundred 呃《妙法莲华经》一百里面讲的那个呃所谓的那个六根六尘跟六识， yeah, yeah, 我听了我真的是有很感动很感受，所以我在这里嗯感恩 Bradio， 也感恩所有的凯拉米大的分享。Yeah. 呃、uh, ，就是让我学习到很多，也让我慢慢的呃进入所谓的真的是去开始着去学习修行，还有就是，嗯，还有就是嗯，怎么样说呢？<笑>太多太多的 yeah, yeah. 的法在我的内心，呃呃呃，我我也。我也很喜欢的跟别人分享， yeah, 但是我知道这个只是一个因缘法， yeah, 所以、yeah. 所以 Brad 就讲着任何任何的呃所谓的法也不能够去抓，因为这个只是一个过程。对，感恩 Brad 的丢，感恩大家，阿弥陀佛，阿弥陀佛 ，Let us rejoice， 沙丢沙丢沙丢。Because this is a very good summary by Sister Alicia after she has gone through. She actually was with me for the last about ten years only, and I remember it started in the year around two on four, so two on three, I think. It's about ten years all in, and she has actually learned so much and developed all the understanding. Then. Able to summarize why in the early days when I started the teaching, I put so much emphasis on the five aggregates of form and mind, the two aspects. If you look at the Heart Sutta, 
the first few stanza is already a fire aggregate of all my mind. <clears throat> Especially when Kuan Yin Bodhisattva was cultivating the perfection of wisdom, uh, Paramita, Pratnya Paramita Sutta, then he illuminated the five skanda and realized that they were empty. That's why she crossed over and all those things. So understanding this five aggregates of my mind is very important. Where it's understanding who we are, what we are, and how we evolve until the manifestation of the so-called human being or living being is the five aggregates of my mind. Then the two aspects is very important. The first aspect is as a living being, or for our case, human being. We have a physical body, then we have a consciousness trapped inside. So the four aggregates of mind, like the Buddha thought, is very simple. You only need to inquire, what can my mind do? Then the four aggregates of feeling, perception, mental activity or mental states, or anything that your mind can do, they will manifest, sankara. Then finally, our mind can also make us conscious. Conscious of what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we technically feel and think. And from here, you develop that understanding of this five aggregate. Then you check against the teaching. This five aggregate of form and mind, like the Buddha said, go the way of nature. It has the universal characteristics of impermanence, leading to suffering when you attach pain and crops. And because it's impermanent, it's not a permanent unchanging entity, that's why it's anatta, non-self. Then because it is non-self, there is no reality, empty nature existence. Then after that is the second aspect. The second aspect is as a thought within the Paticca Samupada. That's why Avijja Pacha Sankara. Sankara Pacha Vinyarang. Vinyarang is pure consciousness before the content going. The moment you input the content, then it becomes Namarupa or Namarupa. Uh, that is the thought, the fine aggregate of form in mind, the pure receptacle, which is the consciousness with its content. So the external form enters the mind through perception aggregate. That's why the four aggregates of mind plus the external sense data, the form, becomes the five aggregate. And that one is what the Buddha wants you to understand. The moment this namaru, five aggregate of form and mind, arise, then you are caught in the egoic mind, the manifestation of the five aggregates. And this is the one that created birth and death. This is the one that become a traveler in space and time. And this is the one that actually get entangled through delusion, mainly avijja, ignorance, sakadidi. So all this become very clear. Then from there, the teaching slowly, slowly come out. The essential dhamma, everything. Then from the essential dhamma, once you develop the cultivation. Finally, I go back to awareness, sati, mindfulness. That's why the awareness nature, 
when you go deep into it, you will understand how the four circles come about. Without going into the awareness nature, awareness-based meditation, you can never penetrate, like what Alicia pointed out. The third turning all needs sati. All of bhavana, you need sati. That's why in the Avijja Sutta, you need to have Dhamma friends so that you can constantly listen to the Dhamma, the second step of the Avijja Sutta or the enlightenment cycle. So having Dhamma friends, all of you have. Then having Dhamma session to constantly listen to the Dhamma, all of you also have. Then the third step is after listening to all the Dhamma or the discourse of the Buddha, you develop the first and second turning wisdom that will lead you to develop the faith in the Buddha and his teaching. And that is step three. Then step four is the manifestation of the first and second turning wisdom yeah. that give rise to the initial wisdom Yoniso Manasikara. Yeah. Then after that, you become different. When you have Yoniso Manasikara at the moment of sense experience, then you have more and more moment of peace. Your mind does not stir and react to sense experience anymore. That's why Satik Sampajana Mindfulness and clear comprehension become very easy, relatively easy. And then from there, you become enlightened. After that, they call it the sense restraint, step six. After sense restraint, you will develop the three types of right conduct, right speech, right action, and right thought. So this is how you develop Sotapanashiv and Sakadakamishiv. And then after that, step eight is cultivation of the four foundations of mindfulness. Uh, that's why that step eight leading to anagami and beyond is what we call sati or mindfulness-based, awareness-based meditation. That's why that one is the third turning wisdom, bhavana, maya, panya, very penetrative. Uh, and once you develop it correctly, then you will not go wrong. Because the next step is step seven, uh, sorry, step nine, which is the manifestation of the seven factors of enlightenment. These seven factors of enlightenment keep on rising. Means you know you are on the right path. You have not debated. Otherwise, the factor of enlightenment will not arise. And what are the factors of enlightenment? Again, it's the deep. From the deep, mindfulness, it enables you to develop Dhamma Vijaya, investigation of the Dhamma. And when you are able to investigate the Dhamma, it will give rise to the understanding that this teaching is so beautiful that it will drive you to cultivate seriously. That's why the third enlightenment factor is virya, spiritual zeal, tenacity. It drives you to cultivate. Yeah. Then you will experience through the cultivation the fourth enlightenment factor, which is piti. Then after you develop piti, of course, you can also go through sukang, but that is not the enlightenment factor. 
But if you continue to relax into it and maintain awareness, then this sukang will also be uh, like no more, too gross. Then you develop tranquility of mind, the stillness of mind. We call it positive, the true mind, the silent mind. And that is what awareness-based meditation is all about. When you have that positive, that is actually your silent mind your awareness, nature. Uh, from that positive, you stabilize it, it becomes smart. That's why the seven factors of enlightenment, the sixth one, is samadhi after positive. Positive is the fifth. Then once samadhi is there, you can see things as they are and awaken, develop the the ability to silence your mind, to awaken to the universal characteristics of Anichang and And it can also enable you to see things as they are, to develop the wisdom. So because of that, that wisdom that arises after Pasati and Samadhi, or Sati and Samadhi, will lead to the last factor of enlightenment, which is equanimity. Uh, upeka. Uh, that Upeka born of wisdom is the one that enables you to live life, to be at peace under all circumstances, anywhere, anytime, any place, and under any circumstances. So that's how you see the cultivation. And of course, the last step is enlightenment in the here and the now. So through this, you see very clearly, finally, you need to develop step eight, which is cultivation of the four foundation of mindfulness, which is accumulation of city cultivation, or what we call from the awareness-based meditation we develop. But this is just for the sainthood way. For the bodhisattva way, you actually go beyond the four foundations of mindfulness. You silence your mind, develop the awareness nature until very stable. Then you let it detect the gateway. Then from the gateway, you go in. And that one is the Bodhisattva way leading to the Supreme Vehicle. So the initial sainthood way are based on expedient devices and all those teachings that I have shared with you. Yeah. That's why for Sister Alicia to summarize all this and put it in such a beautiful expression of gratitude and all those things. It's so beautiful. And she has affinity with a store bodhisattva. He's a wangfusa. That's why when she read the sutta of a store bodhisattva that talk about suffering beings in hell. Really? That suffering is exactly like the Lotus Sutta, Miao Paolian Huanzi, the expression of it by Xuanhua. The suffering, when you go this way, without the Buddha Dharma, is unremitted, uh, means unending, continuous. Because, like Xuanhua expressed it, to be born a human being is so rare, even the Buddha also expressed it, explained it very clearly. Then once you have a human body,
body, if you don't make use of the window and the condition and the opportunity, then what will happen? You may lose it. And it may take 10 eons long, according to the commentaries, the Sutta, before you can have another chance at another human form. And that is not exaggerated. It's really, really, when there is no sasana, it can really take very long. That's why I say this window is very beautiful. If you have them, you better make full use of it. Yeah. That's why the Bodhisattva, wow, the yellow card, do it. Stabilize that uh, ohimai that you have planted. The first stage of ohimai development, aspiring to go this way, taking the vow every day, is very important. Then follow the yellow card. All of the right view, right understanding, you vow. You invoke power of merits to understand them life after life, whenever you choose to come or you have to come, you must have this right view, right understanding. And they are mainly about the five aggregates of form and mind, the essential Dhamma, Rupanganecha, Panganatta, then all the other aggregates. Then after that, I also teach you how to break your coming obstruction. Yeah. All of the things clearly described there. Then after that, you also have to take the uh, three sets of pure precepts uh, of the Bodhisattva. Then, of course, the four basic vows. Then after that, you can add in your own miscellaneous vows or additional vows. Uh, then strengthen all this through cultivation and understanding so that this life, everything that you have developed as understanding, stabilize it, then determine strongly Aditan. Uh, then aspire deeply, sincerely, through faith, sincerity, and understanding. Then you persevere to have this understanding, life after life whenever you choose to come or you have to come, then your future coming is all taken care of. You don't have to worry anymore. So this is what you need to do as Kayamita. And hopefully by now the message is already very clear. Okay? So let us rejoice one more time. Huh? Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Very good. Okay. Yeah, I'm here, but you. Ah, sadu, sadu. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alicia, for uh, picking pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sadu. Uh, what to share, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to share, but never uh, mind. Whatever that come to your nature, huh? you can just share it because what Alicia shared was very good. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. After going through. Alicia. Yeah. Uh, for her, it's 10 years. Uh, right? yeah. For me, 15 years only, I realized a little bit. Very of, good. Sadhu, yeah. Little bit, it's so little bit. Very fast. Even 15 years already, very fast. People take, don't know how many lives 
and yet they don't meet one. Mm. Oh. oh, I count my blessing and uh, yeah. with a strong affinity with Brother Teo. At yeah. least yeah. I can follow Brother Teo's uh, teaching for yeah. the past 15 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you did very well because you can understand and your faith is there and you have the causes and conditions, uh, which is yeah. beautiful. Uh, um, um, in the recent Cameron retreats only, I really have a deeper understanding. Yeah, on yeah, the, that retreat was beautiful. Eh? Uh, yeah, deeper yeah. understanding on the on the... Pure awareness. Pure awareness, Dhamma, but, uh, the third, the third pure awareness was seldom elaborated on in the past. Uh, mm. But this retreat, that's why I told you all, will be very different. The approach will be all very different. Because a lot of Kayamita are ready and they have the condition to develop all this understanding. That's why the way the nature actually teach and manifest is different. Mm. Yeah. And then I re it really after you have telling us so many rounds and rounds yeah. and rounds, <laughs> only when I manage to ask the question, then only it strikes me ah, that the third, then only third the whole thing become clear. Yeah. Yeah, especially the third link, the yeah, particular the third link, the third pure link. consciousness. Uh, In Yanang, yeah, the at pure the moment of consciousness, it's just that consciousness, no being, nothing inside there. Yeah. Like the Buddha yes. said, in the seeing, only that seeing consciousness, no one to see, nothing, pure, before the content went in. But the moment the content go in, the whole thing become the fine aggregate of form and mind. That's why even Chi Wei, eh, Brother Sia, he benefited so much, that whole retreat, he keep on thanking me. He said, but this is beautiful. He said the spacious awareness on how it shrink into a thought, the fire agree of form and mind, and make it egoic, limited, and all those things. Yeah. So all this was so beautiful, and he related to his eye problem, the 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 his his vision. He has such problem. They call it the know what myopia or the know what, where he can see the peripheral clearly. He cannot see the center. So what happened? Huh? He tried to focus on in order to cognize or to, to, to perceive. So that focusing was so much pain no, and suffering. No. And, and then like, like make him don't like to travel and all those things. No. But then when he heard my sharing of the spacious awareness, which when we were originally that, the pure awareness nature, then it shrink and become a thought. Then he suddenly like awakened. No, actually, no need to focus. No, that spacious awareness of a peripheral vision can enable him to see. So now he's full of joy. He can see. He can understand. And he got so much joy. He now want to travel again. Uh, as I recently, I think he he very generous treat us to one of the lunch. Remember. Uh, immediately after the retreat, you were there also. I think Brother Chim also there. A lot of Kaimita were there. Then after that, uh, this 16th of November, which is recently, uh, he promised to hold another one for the wife, you remember? And the clan people that know him but haven't met up with. Wow, that 
dinner was beautiful. Ah, sorry, lunch was beautiful. We went to the same place. The food was very nice also. Then Ping told us, he, he saw Brother Sihada husband like completely transformed. So much joy and so much understanding. And when he was in Sing, uh, sorry, not Xinjiang, he was in China with Brother Qin Hao. I'm sorry, Qin Yao. <laughs> yeah, Qin Yao. He texted the wife, no, register me for the Xinjiang trip in uh, China. He said, with BGF one, where the wife last time registered and he told the wife, I don't want to go, my eye condition. Now he said, register me. <laughs> now I can go. Because he saw how Kayamita actually took care of him. Uh, and also his eye condition now improved so much through the Dhamma understanding. That's why he get to live life, really live life now. Uh, and he is very joyful, very energetic. Uh, and his leg very strong. Ching Yap say, Brother Sia can walk faster than him. <laughs> Climb Uisan Mountain, no problem. Whereas <laughs> uh, Ching Yap also have to struggle. <laughs> so all these were beautiful understanding and happening. Hmm. So yeah, we rejoice with brother uh Akong Chiwei uh, because Akong of Chiwei. His, yeah, yeah. he has detached from his uh clinging on to focusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually released himself from this uh right. unnecessary suffering. Uh, yeah. Because that craving to see, uh, to focus, uh, to concentrate, uh, is the one that caused him all the uh they call mental suffering without him knowing it. Yeah. But when he saw the sharing of the spacious awareness, and it's like suddenly he awakened. All. You can see the joy in his face. You know? yeah. Then he was listening attentively you know, for the eight to nine days, you know, fully attentive. Yeah. And he sat beside Sui and Jin Hao there, yeah, the recording very clear. Then he got this hearing aid, which is very clear one. Oh, all this helps him. That's why he said, despite the the deterioration in the senses as he aged, he find it so beautiful after he understands the teaching. Hmm. Yeah, is, yeah. He is actually awakened, awakened to yeah, that moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah, at that moment he awakened. Yeah. Yes, yes. The awareness nature awakened him. Yeah, the, the the experiential uh encounter. That's why yes. it really makes us understand, right? Yes, 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 yes. Just like uh that day I was uh having this uh what I was uh into the inner pure awareness nature. Ah, correct, so correct. There correct. I understand how the four circles that right ah, is how it manifests there. Yeah. Yeah. Then only then I really understand. Then. Yeah. yeah, then you are inside there. How the thought come out very fast. They are very near to each other from that nature it manifests very far. Without mindfulness, you cannot see, you cannot go. You don't have the stability or awareness. You wouldn't know there is another nature behind. Yeah. So all this, you need to go into that awareness-based meditation to stabilize it. Then see it clearly manifesting. Mm. 
Very good. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 all the time listening theoretically is not enough. Uh, yeah, not but, enough. One. Mm. Yeah. It, unless we have that causes and uh, uh, the, the, the condition. Yeah, the causes and condition. condition yeah. yeah. Then we can really see it. We can realize it. Then only we can understand uh, truly. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. superficial theoretical. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. That's why the penetrative turning, you need to be in the awareness nature so that it will manifest. Then you see it or no. Then when you see it, it's like you wake up, no? you awaken to it. Wow, no? oh, I love that one. No? That nature is so beautiful. Uh, just like the fifth patriarch after he told Huining, Huining straight away came to create awakening. Uh, straight away he expressed it so amazingly beautiful that that nature itself is already complete by itself and yet all dhamma arise from that nature nothing is apart from it so all this understanding will manifest that's why when you are inside the awareness based meditation stabilizer then when you see all this manifestation creation then the four circles that i teach become clear to you all that's why now more and more Kayamita can understand all this already, which is really beautiful. Very good. So we should rejoice, huh? Yeah. Okay. So already ten thirty two. Thank you. Yeah, Radio, we can uh, ask uh, you to help us to lead us in the sharing of marriage, please. Ah yeah, can can. Thank you. Okay. Let us share marriage, huh? Starting with the devas. Akasata Chilpumata Deva Naga Mahitika Punyatang Anamoditwa Kiram Rakan to Lokasasana Itawata Jamehi Sampadan Punya Sampadan Sabe Deva Anamodan to Sabasampati Sidia Idamania Tina Hotu Sukita Hotu Niatayo Idamania Mame Balasamakamo, Sakasamakamo, Otu, Yawa, Nivana, Patia, You can now pay respect mindfully to Lord Buddha, Kanyin Bodhisattva, and all the great beings there. And we will end the whole Zoom session. Sadhus, Sadhus, Sadhus.